0: Welcome back to this week's episode of Drunk Valorant. This is episode number four. Um, kicking it off, uh, Hunter. What did you bring to drink tonight?
1: Oh boy, uh, it's another good week for me. Uh, I've got a the uh, Be More Sour by the uh, Oliver Brewing Co. I'm a very proud Marylander, and this one is uh, made in the state, named after the the crown jewel of Maryland. It is a uh, sour ale with blackberry and raspberry. And compared to some sours I've had, it's kind of mild. It's just a very easy drinking beer, so it's great. I I'm gonna know crack story. it open for the people here.
2: It, it's great. It's great when yeah. you say you crack it open because I don't think Discord picks it's, up the yeah, audio. It just it's no just silent. It up. Oh no! It's it, just it was silent. really
0: funny when you did that last week too, and it didn't work. But <laughs> I didn't want to turn off noise suppression. Just <laughs> That's for that. just a thing now. Um, okay. So I actually do know that brewery. Uh, I haven't tried that particular one. Um, maybe you should send out a care package. Maybe we should send each other care packages of what beers we end up drinking.
2: Not going to lie. That would be an awesome idea. We should do that. I'd be done. All right, Chase, what do you got? Well, Cass, thank you for such a warm welcome to the podcast. But tonight I am drinking a Wild Eye Brewing Blackberry Mojito Sour. Um, it is named after... Uh, a fruit and a, and a cocktail. So not, not quite a state, you know, not as majestic, but it, it's just as delicious.
0: I'm sure. Alrighty. Good to hear. So I have myself another back country brewing beer. Um, it's called when life gives you lemons, just say, fuck the lemons and bail.
2: I almost bought that sour today because of the title. And I was really wanted to read it out on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wow that sounds amazing
0: it's, it's a pink lemonade sour um, and actually let me let me read you the description here of the beer because I think it's pretty funny um, it's hey look if you're attacked by a bear are you just going to give up mountain biking you just got to put on that helmet and get back on the bike when life gives you lemons just say fuck the lemons and bail let's go back to the brewery pizzas are on me <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good and the brewery like they
2: only sell pizzas as food so it's like pizzas and beer.
0: Um, are they and good pizzas?
2: This, they do have good pizzas. Uh, yeah,
0: actually, I really like their wild mushroom pizza with like some truffle oil on top. Big fan. They're like
1: that fancy sounds pizzas. like the like bougiest pizza I have ever heard <laughs> of. Yeah, <laughs> truffle oil on top. It's I mean, a like, bougie okay, brewery. They're,
0: they're actually like flatbreads more so than like a. Well, actually, no. They used to be more flatbready, but I think now they're like actual pizzas. Yeah, Thank pretty goodness. good. Flatbread pizzas
2: are. If you ever in Squamish, actually, BC. Stop by Backcountry Brewing Co.
0: Yeah. Um, need I need to visit you to all, so I'll definitely a, go there if I do. Got a triple berry and smoothie sour by Parallel 49, another Vancouver brewery, Uh, called Medusia, um, And it's got a uh, picture of Med- Medusa on it.
1: Is she juicy? Oh, baby.
0: I mean, hey, <laughs> I don't know what you're into, but like, potentially could be.
1: I am really into turning into stone personally, so she is exactly my type. <laughs> I just oh, like snakes. Uh, something's getting rock hard, let me tell you that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I just uh, teed that one right up for you,
2: Cass.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh okay. so
2: what's this podcast
0: about again? Oh yeah, Valorant, um,
1: Valorant, Valorant, yeah. Apparently
0: we're supposed to be talking about Valorant. Um yeah, so which cool.
1: leads me to the very first podcast, we talked about what agents we main. I think there may have been a switch for one of us, even if you might not be willing to admit it. You want to inform the people, cast?
0: Right, well, so I have been playing a lot of Chamber, and I did use an alt account so that I could use one of the free character unlocks for him.
2: Riot, ban um, him. <laughs> Riot, please. Uh,
0: you know, it's a learning... There's a learning curve, um... At least coming from Jet. I'm used to not needing to fuck with my abilities. So, like, when I want to do something, I hit the button and I do it. But with Chamber, I gotta drop my teleport here, I gotta drop my teleport over there, I gotta drop my alarm bot here. Um, I have died a lot of times trying to, like, just literally just, like, trying to drop my ability somewhere. Uh, And I'm very not used to that. So that's gonna take some getting used to. Um that's
2: really funny actually because that's exactly what I was saying I like about the characters that I play. Um not is that I don't have to fuck with abilities, is that whenever I want something to happen I point and click and that thing happens. I don't have to like set up anything with you know Brimstone or Sova.
0: Well, no, I play saying... Killjoy
1: and Sage a good bit, so I can't really relate.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: but, but Chase, I'd say when you um like as Sova, when you wanna shoot your, your dart or whatever, you have to pull out your bow. And then you have to shoot your dart.
2: Oh, oh like, you're saying, saying even that is, much. Right.
0: <laughs> I'm saying the big difference is as Jet, I want to dash. I hit that button. I dash. I want to updraft. I hit that button. I updraft. Like, there's no... Like, I as Jet, I never die because I'm fucking around with my abilities. Right, because you're not in your
2: util. Like, right, you're not Jet, stuck with your smokes out or something.
0: I, I do sometimes die updrafting onto something. Um... But I'm not dying because I'm standing there, like, as chamber with my fucking flippy card in my hand, trying to drop it over there so that I can eventually try to use it to teleport out. Um, But, like, while I'm holding the card in my hand, someone swings me and kills me.
1: See, that's where you're making a mistake, Cass. Uh, What you need to do is take the example of someone else who often plays with us who... uh is famous for playing Cypher and asserting dominance by using his utility while all the, the enemies are pushing. It really surprises them and they don't know how to handle it. Works every time.
2: Yeah, if you if they just see a Cypher like in his camera, like they don't know what to do. They like they freeze. And so then he can has yep. the time to come out of his camera, then pull out his gun and then shoot them in the head.
1: Yeah, or, they look back and forth between the active camera and him and their brain short circuits as they can't decide which one to shoot first. They just stand there frozen and then he gets the kills.
0: So one of the things I've actually been doing with Chamber that our our buddy Alex suggested is I just drop both teleports on top of each other and literally use it like a jet dash.
1: Yeah, for the, like, for those uh, who I'm haven't played gonna... Chamber, he doesn't mean on top of each other. <laughs> He's not fake TPing. <laughs> he just means close to each other rather than trying yeah. to cover distance with them.
0: Yeah, so like I'll just like I'll toss it into I'll toss them both into that corner and then I'll swing out that angle and then I'll just hit my teleport and just go right back to that corner instead of trying to, like, get across a gap or something with it. Um, and that's that has kept me from, like, fiddling around too long with, like, oh, how am I going to place my teleports? Like, where do I want to reposition myself to? Um, better to stay safe and live. And hopefully, even if they know, like, I'm stuck in that corner, hopefully I can get some backup or, you know, maybe one of them swings me and I get that one tap.
2: Okay, so yeah. I was. this is a question I had. Maybe you can answer it since you've been playing Chamber a lot. But I saw you playing earlier where they weren't right on top of each other where you placed them, but they were maybe mm-hmm. you know a couple meters apart. Yeah. And the circles that you see on your screen overlapped. Yep. So if you were to hit the teleport somewhere in that overlap, where do you go? That's a good question. I don't know.
0: Like, is it the Uh, one that's
2: closer? Is it the one that's further? Is it the one you play second? Like, what is the ruling on that? I genuinely
0: do not know because I, there was a game that I was playing on Bind where I set one back site, one in the cubby on B site. Uh, So like, I'm playing behind that, like, 2B thing. And then like, I've got one in the cubby. And then there was this overlap area and I hit the teleport button while I was in the overlap. And I knew, like, I didn't know which one I was going to end up at. Uh, right. It was just like a, eh, I'll end up at one, I'll figure it out when I get there. Um, there all There is also a delay after you hit your teleport. Like, I can't do anything for roughly two seconds, give or take. So, like, you know, it's enough time to, like, get your bearings back.
2: Yeah, but not if you're in the open. Like, if one of your teleports is more exposed than the other, and you, you need to teleport to one of them to get out of sightline, yeah. then, like, it, one... If it's a fifty-fifty chance, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure you, there is one specifically that you go to,
0: mm-hmm. but then it's like fifty-fifty shot that you die. Right. I would have to. I'd have to go into a custom game and lab that one out to tell you. I. Uh, I don't know when I'm in the overlap which one I'm going to go to. Um.
1: Yeah, and when Cass says that, just to be very clear. He has no problem with going into custom games and dragging friends in as well to test out lots of things. Cass <laughs> is a real student of the game.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did bring Hunter into a game uh, with me on on Haven so I could post him up and have him swing me from C long so that from all the different off angles I can hold his jet with a marshal. Uh, I counted how many bricks up I need to hold to have my crosshair at head level.
1: Yeah, usually it's, like, super late at night as well in the AMs, and I'm, like, falling asleep as I do it. It's yeah. every, that's the only situation where it happens.
2: It's after we it's played, like, five it. straight losses for comp games. Oh, from- yeah, every time.
0: And I'm like, the only thing that's holding me back is that I don't get those, uh, I don't have my crosshair at head level on C-Long specifically. Yeah, like, when you're holding that game.
2: angle on C-Long, yeah. like, we <laughs> like, lost that, that five why... games in a row because of that.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: That's
1: Even the difference the between... One. Yeah, yeah. That's like, the difference between silver three
0: and uh, plat two right there. Uh, that one angle. No, nah, dude, count, counting how many bricks up um I need to hold on on Haven C is going to help me on bind. I promise you. I don't know yeah, how it, it's it's one it rank per
1: brick, right? So yeah. if you count four bricks <laughs> up, then that's four more ranks that you gain. I'm pretty sure that's how that works.
0: <laughs> no, I believe it was I believe it was five and a half from on top of that Oh maybe. Wow, you're gonna um, you're gonna be you plat know. two in no time.
1: Yeah. He's going past yeah, yeah, flat too. That's yeah.
0: Right. That's right flat. Okay, so um from the last uh podcast we had, we had to uh we had to nix one of the things that Hunter wanted to talk about. Um, and that was new agent abilities. And that is what I think we should start with here. Yeah. So Hunter, it this was your idea. I'm sure you've got something interesting to uh to tell us about. Why don't you kick this off and, uh, you know, maybe what you say will spark some ideas for us.
1: Cool. Uh, I'll start with my most... I have two ideas. I'll start with my most uh, fleshed out one first. Um, And this deals with two different aspects of the game that aren't very thoroughly explored when it comes to agent kits. So the first one is that the only agent who can currently build any sort of... Significant structures that you can actually like interact with, or well, not interact with, but you know, destroy or stand on is Sage. Uh, And so, my new agent uh, could be codenamed either the Lumberjack or Bob the Builder, depending on uh, what uh, (laughs) angle you want to go with there. So his uh, his E ability, I think, I'd have to work out which would be which, would be to construct basically a tower. That is probably, I want to say, like two-thirds the length of a sage wall, like long ways. But then it's like a square. And it takes him time to construct it, unlike a sage wall. So it's a significant fortification. But, um, it, it, yeah, he can't do it in the open where he's going to get shot as he's doing it. And once it's completed, uh, there's going to be like four walls at the bottom. And then like a rope where you can climb, climb up on top. And then once you're on top, there will be a headshot shield that takes maybe, I don't know what, like 100 damage before it breaks. So you can climb up into the top of the tower, and then you have this headshot shield where someone's not going to be Im- immediately able to swing you and, and get that shot off. So it, there could be some really interesting decisions of, you know, do you try to build it at, like, on top of, an, for example, the orb on uh, a site of Icebox, where that's a, that's a real choke point. But then maybe you don't get it completed before the enemy team pushes and then it's not functional and you build from the bottom up. Or do you build it in a more safe spot so they can't – maybe you build it uh, at the CT entrance so someone can't flank from mid and you can kind of take an off angle there. That could be interesting. Uh, And then – so that's one of his abilities. Okay, really. Quick. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll interrupt there to let you guys see, yeah. see hear what you
0: have to think oh. about that before I go into his other ones. We're we're trying to play Fortnite and Valorant now. Is that what it is?
2: <laughs> this is immediately where my mind went to. I, I think we yeah, should I mean, stop honestly, after the Honestly, Yeah, but... that.
1: But that was part of the influence with that idea. And I don't even like Fortnite. I just think that could be interesting. But what do you guys think?
2: I mean, I my mind immediately went to like how it looks, and I was imagining you know like a Fortnite wooden structure kind of like <laughs> medieval looking. And I'm like, I don't think that art style would go very well with Valorant, but obviously that's not the main point of this. It's like oh, yeah. Valorant would make it look like it was supposed to be part of the game. Um, For sure. So, I mean, I like the idea of more characters being able to build things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the headshot shield is interesting. I think that's a good idea. But uh, I don't also. I don't, I, think I don't know how it would shield. work very well.
0: Like I, I think the like I think the whole idea of taking an off angle is so strong already. And I understand with like given how you're building this structure that like you know number one you're probably going to be up there, and number two they'll probably see the structure before they see you, so they'll know yeah. that someone could be up there, exactly. um, and know to adjust their crosshair. But like I. I'm just not sure exactly how I feel about you not being able to be one-tapped when somebody buys a gun that's designed to do that. Um, well, I mean, you could always I... buy
2: an op, and then you could still
0: one-tap. Yeah. Right, so you're saying you, like, exclusively just get a headshot damage reduction? Like, it wouldn't have, like, well, yeah, body so reduction what I, or anything? So what I'm
1: picturing is when you're on the top, uh, that your legs and chest would be exposed, assuming you're not crouching. If you crouch, all of you is visible. But if you're standing oh. up, but if you're standing up there, then there'd be like a glass pane that's like right at head level that takes say a hundred damage before it breaks. So you can you can shoot the legs and the chest. If you have multiple people shooting you, you're still dead. It's
2: just that someone can't immediately one tap you up there. That is interesting because I think that it would be so obvious where someone's holding if there's yeah. like. I mean, then it's just like you you would use it as a fake of, oh, maybe they're up there, but you're actually holding a different off angle. But then that basically the makes it, it? Yeah, what's the point? Yeah.
1: Um, it, it makes it yeah It would have useless. to be tuned for sure. But like, I'm not confident that, oh yeah, that would fit really nicely into the meta.
2: No, I think that I, I really enjoy the idea of agents like being able to build more things as part of the map and maybe block off more angles or do something different like i don't want it to just be a sage wall so i think that this makes it different enough from just a sage wall that it wouldn't be used solely for either boosting yourself into an angle or um blocking people off but it's meant more to like hold somewhere
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um so i think that that's that's a lot more interesting it's an interesting idea
0: i I guess one of the one of the things that i'm kind of curious about so if you didn't know um Unlike quite a few FPSs where bullets actually come out of your forehead, not your gun, Valorant went through the extra like step to make your bullets actually come out of your gun and not your forehead. Um, and the whole idea behind that is they wanted to eliminate headshot angles as much as possible. Or for COD players out there, like, head glitching. Um, which is when you're holding a specific angle such that, like, only your head can be seen. And quite a few maps in COD are are designed to have a bunch of areas like that where literally only your head sticks out. And just because of the angle difference, you can typically see a lot more of them than they can see of you. And with the exception of some weird Sage boost, the only one I know of in the game is the one on Icebox. Um, Like, kind of by 410. Like that's the only quote unquote like true, like a headshot angle thing that I can think of. And I think they kind of are trying to keep that out of the game. How does that apply to this agent's ability? Um, because I, I don't know how mechanically it would work in terms of you've got this thing blocking you in front of your face, but then you're still able to see them and still shoot them.
2: Well, yeah, uh, he just said it was a glass panel, and you also just said that the bullets come out of your gun. Yeah. So it shouldn't be a problem, right?
1: Well, I am. I am seeing one issue I hadn't considered, which is that I wonder how it would look, assuming you were in the tower, because as I've experienced in certain maps where uh you're shooting like where there's a ramp or some sort of elevation change sometimes it feels like you should be hitting something that you're not because of the elevation so i wonder if you know i was right up against the glass holding the tower if my crosshair would actually appear on the glass when in fact the bullets were coming out lower that, i'm not sure about how that part would work how it would look visually so yeah there might be some more complicating factors here
2: I feel like that should be easy to patch out if that were an ability. Like, yeah. your crosshair can't get stuck on the glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: See, I, I think it might actually be more interesting if there was just an outright beat of glass that both sides could wallbang, but because you're wallbanging it, it doesn't do full damage. Which Then what would be the point of being up there, then? Just to spot people? Off-angle? Spot somebody where you can't get one-tapped? Right, um, unless they shoot you in the head with an AWP. But like, if you've got something that like you need to shoot through, it gives you some aspect of protection to the point where there's there's no gun in the game that's going to one tap you there.
1: The issue that I see with that though is that that then only becomes useful in a one v one because if there are multiple people, you know, pushing you there, then the team with the most firepower wins because you have to get as many bullets through the material as possible. So. I feel like you're putting yourself in a disadvantageous position if you're facing multiple people while you're up there, even just two. Because you probably aren't yeah. one-tapping anyone for, for that, and then they can mow you down quickly. I don't know. It's, yeah. It seems like it would be interesting to see how it would be tuned. I, yeah. I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm not sure my initial idea is perfect. I really don't yeah. think it is.
0: I, I do like the idea of more creatable structures and yeah. like characters that can actually alter the map kind of the way that like you know a, a Viper Wall does to a certain extent. Um, I I just I, I'm not sold on this particular interpretation of it.
2: Okay, so this agent that you've come up with, Bob the Builder, they have yep. more abilities, correct?
1: They do. This agent has I have the full kit for this agent okay. planned out. The next one I just, I just have the ultimate. <laughs> so okay, so the next ability, which which is the most similar to this one, featuring you know objects is the, uh, the I'm not sure what I would call it. I, I guess I'll call it the log ride. So essentially, the way this works is uh, you can equip a log, <laughs> and then you can either place it down in a stationary fashion, such that the enemy team, it's not destructible, unlike the, the thing with the tower we talked about. And when you place it down, you can either set it to be stationary, so the enemies have to jump over it in order to get past or, of course, find another way around. Or, uh, you can set it to roll, and if it rolls, then when an enemy is hit, they are temporarily frozen in place and forced to crouch. Because there isn't really <laughs> a full knockdown mechanic in Valorant, so you can use it aggressively or you can use it to, like, say, hey, you have to jump to get over this.
2: I mean, I think maybe if you just stunned it, like a... like, oh, a, like a, re- concussion. Yeah, a concussion? Yeah, Yeah, that might work better. Um because that mechanic's already in the game. But as yeah, soon as you like said, like, put a log down, I knew that this was going to be able to roll and hit people, and I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah, <you laughs> <did too.
0: laughs>
2: Like, that's yeah. so good.
0: It's something else that I just thought of when you mentioned the whole idea of this, like, log. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys ever played Worms?
2: Yeah.
1: I've seen it, but I've never played it.
0: Okay, so one of the things you can do in Worms is you can place a girder. Is Am I pronouncing that right? Sure, I don't know. You, but you can place a steel beam down somewhere, right? And you can use that to get to certain places that might otherwise be inaccessible. Um, And I think it'd be really interesting if you had a character that could like, you know, maybe just place a ladder somewhere. And then it's like, hey, I'm gonna go up here. And like, (laughs) typically that would be reserved for like, say, Jet, Rays, maybe Omen. But it's a non-destructible, permanent... Thing that you would do that round that gives both you and the other team access to that.
2: I feel like the log be could cool. be that. Like, if right. you're just talking about a, a girder that you could walk across to somewhere of same yeah. elevation, like, you just, like, log across, you know, you just place your log For at sure. an angle that can mm-hmm. enable you to walk to this box or something that you couldn't get up yeah. on otherwise.
0: I, I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah, like, you could
2: be
1: attacking Icebox A-Site, and you could place it from belt to pipes, <laughs> and Yeah, you can walk right. across if you want.
0: Uh, I, I was also thinking of, for example, um, like an ice box. Getting on top of that, uh, the tube in mid, right? Yeah. Uh, you just like now. Unfortunately, I don't think this would work super well as an alt, just because like your ability to use it once every six to eight rounds seems. It's not an alt. You know,
2: this is yeah. This is a Q or something, right?
0: Oh, I thought Hunter said the log was his alt. No no. no, no.
2: This
1: is a. Yeah, what you oh, got confused by is I said no. that my second agent, I only have an idea uh, for the okay. ult of the second got it. agent.
0: My my bad, I misunderstood. I misunderstood. So yeah, I, I like the I like the idea of you being able to you know add something that like both teams could use to like get to like certain places.
1: Thanks.
2: Okay, third ability.
1: The next ability, yeah. Okay, the third ability. You know, this guy is a lumberjack, right? So, yeah, I think you can already see where this is going, right? Chainsaw.
2: Oh, <laughs> Chainsaw, I was thinking hatchet. No,
1: I was thinking Oh, hatchet. we're going hardcore with this. <laughs> uh, so, essentially, I was thinking about the fact that, you know, there is really no character in the game who has any ability that relates to melee. Uh, besides, unless you want to count jet's knives, which are, that's a bit of a stretch, uh, and the, the thing with melee right now is, of course, you have to be extremely close range with it. And if you're not right-clicking with it, the time to kill with a melee is really long for how v- exposed you have to be to get a melee kill, right? And it's obvious that guns are supposed to be important in Valorant, so you don't want a melee ability that's, you know, broken. So what I thought is when uh, the Lumberjack equips his chainsaw, then here's how it works. First of all, his movement speed is doubled, and then uh, the way the chains, the cha- the reach of the melee is also doubled. And instead of having to actually click to use it, uh, instead, basically, he can choose to hold it out in front of him or to one side or the other with, n- with not clicking or with left or right click. You kind of toggle it. And then as he comes into contact with people with the chainsaw, it continuously does damage. And, like, the time to kill of a full health person would probably be pretty high, something like a second and a half. So, like, it's it's outclassed by an actual weapon. But if someone is low health, you just charge up your chainsaw and just zoom past them and just finish them off. Or, uh, you know, if if you're in a duel where someone runs out of bullets and has a classic, maybe you just kind of zoom around them and try not to get shot as you're whittling down their health with the chainsaw. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think about that one?
0: Interesting idea, because I actually had something similar on my list. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, uh, So, I had both... Uh, I had better melee on my list, right? I wanted a character with some kind of better melee mechanic. But don't spoil yours already. We're on,
2: we're on. Hunter. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> always
0: spoiling it, but I'm just saying. Good. Good. Um the the thing that I'd be a little bit, you know, questioning is number one. Is it on a timer? Is there a certain amount you can use it? Could I just pull that out whenever?
1: Yeah, I'm um, realizing, it. I forgot about this earlier, I mentioned the tower might be his E, the intent was for that to be his E, and that you would have it all the time, but it wouldn't really compete with a gun in any meaningful way, the idea is that it, in general it's better to use a gun unless you want the faster movement or to finish off someone who's low health that like, it, the time to kill should be even higher than like a classic uh, so it's it's supposed to be situational, not
0: broken Yeah, okay, I would say that there there need to be two things here number one i think it should have like a limited amount of gas okay and so there's only a certain amount you can use it and number two i feel like basically you would use it for that two times speed and just use that to fast rotate
2: you could you could which i'm yeah. not saying
0: there's anything inherently wrong with i just feel like that would basically negate the e, actual
2: point it. of the ability yeah. and it <laughs> just like it's becomes like, something it's, it's not like yeah you're, to be. you're
0: holding yeah you're holding a and they're like ah, like you get the call from your team i I got four b main and you just pull out that chainsaw and just double speed book it to the other side
1: <laughs> i have an idea i have an idea to counter that so what if it is your e so you have unlimited uh you have unlimited usage of it but When you first use it, you have, like, the first time you pull it out in a round, it doesn't give you any increased melee speed. Uh, Sorry, increased movement speed. But then for every kill you get with the chainsaw, it doubles your movement speed while you're (laughs) using the chainsaw. So if you get, like, two kills with the chainsaw, now you have, like, four times movement speed, and you can just absolutely zoom around with it. I like
2: that idea a lot better.
1: Because that way you can't use it just for rotations, unless, of course, you've already gotten a kill with it, and then that feels like a pretty good reward.
0: Yeah, I like that. Okay, so those are his three abilities. So now you've got his ult.
1: Yeah. Okay, so his ultimate uh, goes as follows. So his ultimate is uh, on a timer, uh, and basically when his ultimate starts... If you uh, if you have a... Well, yeah, I realize there was a there was an aspect of it that I'm going to kind of just not mention because now that we refine the chainsaw mechanic, it, it's kind of re- not relevant anymore. So basically his ult is fairly simple compared to how crazy does it, these other ideas are. And that is that uh, when you pop his ult, you equip a copy of the gun you're currently holding when you pop the ult, and then you get to use both of them at the same time until the second gun in your offhand runs out of bullets, so I'm realizing it's not actually on a timer. That was based on my pre uh, a slightly different idea. So sorry, forget the timer. It's just you equip a copy of the gun in your hand and you use both, firing at the same point until the second gun runs out of bullets, and then your ult is over and you go back to your one gun. So, so you never have to reload the other
0: one. So I get to dual wield.
1: Yeah, dual wielding, but then there's no reload of the one you're dual wielding. So can you yeah, like, it's complicated okay, okay. to animate? Wait, you so you're can saying, like I buy by
0: Odin.
2: Odin,
1: yeah. And then just, oh yeah, that's insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, is it really that insane though? Because uh, like, like, because like when a raise ults, right? If you're pushing yeah. a site and a raise ults, and you're like all by an orb, you have to respect that, mm-hmm. and then you like back off. Oh no,
2: I'm not. I, but I you're saying that you have I'm to respect mind. it for the rest of the round now.
1: Maybe there is a timer on it as well, okay. because the Odin example is a good point. So I feel like there probably should be a timer on it. Hearing that, that makes that makes sense.
0: Okay. Out of curiosity. Would it work with a scoped rifle?
1: I would assume I that there's no I kind of think you scoping. would have to no scope. Yeah, yeah. I would assume yeah, you would, okay. So you could no oh. scope
0: double op if you wanted <laughs> <Okay>. to.
1: <laughs> but that would be kind of insane. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Marshals? No See, Marshall would be double work. marshals? I don't feel like that would be a good use of your ult, but
2: you could do it.
0: Cool as fuck. Sorry, it's it's funny how many the similarities
2: Marshall. there are between your ideas and my ideas, but we'll get to that.
0: The, okay, the, the, okay. Marshall, the Marshall no-scope is actually pretty accurate. So if I can fire two Marshall bullets at the same time... yeah, I mean, that's pretty strong. Especially on
2: a Got it. Okay, so there's a timer or bullets. Whatever one runs out faster.
1: Excuse me. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think you could uh, alternately change it to where...
0: Yeah, no, I think that makes I, sense. I, even with the Odin, I don't think it's that broken. Like, it's it like, broken... supposed to be... Alts are supposed to be very impactful, right? Now, there are a couple that aren't Cypher. Um, Omen. But, like, your ult your is supposed to be a pretty impactful thing that you can bring out.
2: But it's yeah. not for the rest of the round. Like, if you pop this at the beginning of the round... Jet, Chamber... Jet has five knives, not 200 Bulletin Odin. Well, okay. I guess the
1: key difference, though, would be that Jet's ult I mean, is incredibly Viper. useful for ecoing... Whereas this would not be, because it depends on the gun you have, and then also whereas Jet and Reyna's ults both recharge on kills, this also would not. It's solely dependent on bullets. So I feel like there'd have to be some testing to determine if yeah. it was better to have a timer or not. Mm-hmm. I could see it being either way, honestly. And of course, the, the other abilities play a role in how stronger we could be overall. So that is the Lumberjack or Bob the Builder, whichever you prefer.
0: But I- curiosity is there any character right now that you think is carried by their alt
1: um i would say the the first example that comes to mind would be brim because literally his smokes are arguably the worst in the game overall even though they last the longest uh his molly is is solid but not even the best molly in the game and then his Tim beacon is kind of garbage so i i feel like brims is carried by his alt to an extent
2: yeah probably um I mean Viper kind of, but Viper is
0: everything else is really good now too, so Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like I, I feel like any character that has like a really strong alt is also a strong character outside of their alt.
1: So Except Brim, I mean, I feel like that's a good example. Okay, yeah,
0: granted, but like Brim doesn't see a whole lot of pro play anyway.
1: That's true. That's true. We're and so pros. I feel like
0: it, it it's it's hard to say that he's carried by his alt because I he see what you're saying. be a ton of play to begin with
2: hey he sees a lot of me play yeah i, I like brim
0: I, I brim's great
1: just yeah it's unfortunate that he riot hasn't buffed him for the pro level i would love to see more brim at the pro level i mean
2: i'd love to not have a Stim beacon and have literally anything else Aha, take...
0: perfect this I'll... is my job <laughs> i have my agent ability that is a replacement oh, baby. For, brim's, or, uh, for brim's stim beacon here we go this is actually going to tie into our second topic of the day too, but I want Brim's Stim Beacon to not be a, a Stim Beacon and instead be a trophy system. And if you don't know what a trophy system is, basically it's like a mini iron dome that shoots down projectiles. So I think that instead of his bullshit ass uh, uh, Stim Stim Beacon. You drop one of these trophy systems on the ground, and then when shit gets thrown at you, say a, a raisenade or a sky flash, the trophy system just automatically shoots them down. And I'd say that there should be a limited number of uses it can get. Like one? it can shoot down maybe <laughs> one. <laughs> I was I was thinking two, but I could see one. Um and I I think but that that's my idea for a way, way better ability that we don't have in the game. That could replace Brimstone Beacon.
1: I feel like we really need to get our, our resident partial
2: Brim Mane's opinion on this. Okay, here's here's what I'm thinking. I like the idea, obviously. Because it seems a little overpowered. The fact that you could completely dick an ability... like What's the cost of this thing? How many of them do I get? Right? Do We're I get two? get two? Do I get you two get like get the Stim two. Beacon? I think then definitely they should only be able to shoot down one thing. Okay. And even still, am I, like, dicking a $400 ability with a $100
0: ability? Hey, you ever you ever knifed a raise as K.O.?
2: <laughs> that's an that's ultimate
0: fucking eight. Oh. Yeah, that's an eight alt, or that's an yeah. eight ultimate or cost alt. That KO just fucking chucks his free ability at, and then raises is just standing there fucking, I guess, vagina in hand because she doesn't have a dick, but like, just can't do anything. <laughs> like like the, the number of times that like I'm out there with like my fucking jet knives, and I get a fucking KO knife in my face. Or, like, KO pops his ult, and now my entire fucking, like, eco plan is down the gutter? And now that I play chamber, same fucking thing. I can't use my Q, I can't use my fucking <laughs> ult. Like, <laughs> KO's literal free ability outright cucks ult. Is it is it that bad to have, to give Brim something that just, like, oh, you're Skyflash? Go fuck it.
2: Okay, okay. I I see it. And does Brim has to be standing in it for it to work.
0: Or maybe nearby, like a
2: Killjoy turret. Yeah, like maybe initially,
0: nearby. Yeah, initially I was going to say no. Oh yeah, it can absolutely be destroyed. Like if they see it, they can fucking shoot that thing. Okay. Because
2: I was um, going to say, like, I don't think you should be able to go drop one on one site, run to the other, drop one on that site, and then have, like, entry protection for both sites for your team. Say, like, you're on defense, right? And then yeah. you can drop one on each site, and the first bit of entry utility on each gets shot
0: down.
1: Yeah, one of the big things to... Cass and I were discussing this off-podcast. Sorry, go ahead and go ahead, Cass.
0: I'm saying I can see Brim needing to be in some kind of range. Uh, Maybe, like, whatever the range that your smokes can reach to. You know, if you kind of tied it off that. That's pretty big. Yeah, okay, but it doesn't go from one side to the other. It can.
1: You're you're talking to an expert here, Cass. That is true. But, like...
0: I, I, I guess, do you really have the time pre-round to run to one site, fucking chuck something, run to the other site, and then set up? I mean, pistol, absolutely, and it would be ab- like pistol, completely sure. broken. Pistol, sure.
1: Well, a big um, question in terms of how, how uh, you know, uh, broken this ability would be would depend on exactly what it would shoot down. So on the one... Uh, on the one extreme would be it shoots literally everything that moves. <laughs> yeah. And then on the other extreme would be only shooting destructible objects, which I think would be too weak. Because that would be what? Sky Flash, Killjoy Nanos, Rain of Flash, Sova Shit, Sova Dart, Halo knife. Halo knife. I mean, to be fair, that actually is kind of a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah.
2: But... Uh, Wait,
0: can, I, can I shoot a Sova Shock Dart?
2: No. No, no. Yeah, okay, no, okay. And you can't shoot like a raise nade. But I was saying like maybe it should be able to hit a shock
0: dart or a raise nade. I think it should be able to hit a shock dart or a raise nade. Um But not like a raise alt. No, no, no. It would I don't think it would No. Not it would not take yeah. out a raise alt. Um I'm thinking Okay, so now we now we basically we gotta talk about how it works with all the flashes here. Because I think um I think taking out Sky Flashes and I think taking out Rain of Flashes, those are both destructible. Yoru. I think we can all agree that, like, that would work fine. Yoru. But then we get into the question of Yoru Flash and, like, Phoenix Flash um, and then Ko Flash. Like, which mm. ones of those would it take out? So
2: Breach Flash, definitely yeah. not, because it's not a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Breach Flash, it wouldn't work on because that doesn't even come out. That goes through a wall yeah they, oh yeah also i'm saying there's no way this thing would be able to shoot shit down through walls yeah. like this thing would need to have a line of sight um and obviously like you could balance what range your trophy system would have so like it or, would have like a you know a, a half sphere that it can shoot shit down in but like it's not omnipotent it doesn't cover the entire site or anything or I... <laughs> <laughs> I
2: think that's the correct pronunciation yes. you're looking for <laughs> but I, what if there was a timer on it like it took a second to register that there was something coming in and then shoot it down so it's not immediately when it comes into view it's if something is in view for you know a certain amount of time whether that's a quarter second or something mm-hmm. so like if you pop flash it wouldn't work but if yeah. you were to send a skybird or a um, like a left click KO flash, mm-hmm. then it would work.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to come out there and say I think if it has that mechanic to it, where teams can play around it by not making sure not to put stuff in the range, I think it would. I think it would be fair for it not to be destructible. Because since it has a limited number of charges, as it seems like we've all agreed so far, mm-hmm. and it takes time for something to be in there, I don't think you can destroy it. And part of that's because, since it has to have line of sight and a bubble, I feel like it'd be difficult to place it in a position where it would have line of sight to, dest- to things it would want to destroy, but also not be shot immediately. So I feel like that might be a good way to balance it, indestructible.
0: I, I, I guess I'm thinking, like, if you place it right outside a choke point, like say you place it outside, let's just go Garage on uh, Ascent. Mm -hmm. You put it on either the left or the right side. Like, somebody's trying to, like, flash or throw utility out of garage. Like, until you push through that choke, you wouldn't actually be able to see it yet. That's a good point, I guess. But everything that you want to throw, you need to throw that out of garage, with the exception of maybe KO's right-click pop flash, which pops behind you. Or like a phoenix throwing his curveball, quote-unquote, the wrong way, so it pops behind him.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Like, most things you would need to throw out of the chokehold for them to do anything. At which point, the trophy system would have line of sight, but they wouldn't have line of sight on the trophy system. Right. That's a good point. So, I think it, like, I think it's totally fair for that to be destructible.
2: Okay, I think with this entire conversation that we've now reached a level where I think it would be a very good replacement for the Stim Beacon. Let's go... Jamie um, me and Chase have
1: some camaraderie
2: in both playing <laughs> agents who
1: have a useless ability. Me with the Yoru footsteps and him with the Stim Beacons.
2: So. Yeah, and you with all the other abilities, Yoru.
1: <laughs> don't, I don't, do not do not uh, want to hear this slander I, on I his can, beautiful I can, TP, his uh, amazing, uh. well, uh, maybe amazing is overselling it, but his very fun alt and his uh, best-in-class flashes.
2: Hey, I actually played Yoru for the first time the other day best in an in unrated. best class my ass. The flashes are actually very fun to use. I'd never used oh, one yeah. before, but oh, I really cool. like the ability to bounce it off the ground and just—it feels like you're throwing it so far away. For sure. Um, but everything else is terrible. I TP directly into people every single time. I was also—you yeah, say play, re- <laughs> I was doing that on purpose, maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was—it was still bad. Even when I would set it up, I guess like you probably get used to it but I would set it up before the round and then I'd either run out of time to use it by the time I'd gotten to an engagement where I needed to, or I would just get too caught up in the engagement to click it.
1: Well, it, to be it, fair, you were also using judge only. So that kind of limited your options. Well, That's okay. When it came That's to true. how you use your Euro TV, I forgot so that about not that. not necessarily a representative sample. Yeah, really of how quick, use if Euro. anybody
0: from Riot actually happens to tune in and listen to this, uh, mm-hmm. could you please get around to releasing the stats on how often Yoru's abilities gets himself killed versus how often he gets kills with them. I don't know that they collect those guys. Because I'm, I'm very curious. I, I think Yoru's get themselves killed more often with their utility than they get kills with it. Well, you do that with Jet. Yeah, Cass, l- let me explain yeah, something for the viewers I'm not, who I'm not aren't. not saying I'm.
2: I'm saying like, like you pulling out Jet Knives is a nerf to you.
0: Well, yeah, that's because I fucking suck with them. But yeah,
1: like, for the viewers who fun. aren't actually in our Valorant games, let me break this down for you, alright? When Cass and I play, and I'm playing Yoru and he's playing Jet, Cass is uh, allergic to entrying. So I entry, I get a kill, Cass doesn't see it, so he doesn't know what happened and then he only watches bad Yoru's in his other games and assumes Yoru entering or like using his TP with a flash doesn't work because he's never in the site when it's happening. I
0: played played a game earlier today where this Yoru would either ult or teleport into you and would die every single round trying to do that. Now, I understand that's a very bad Yoru player. Yeah, I would agree. um, (laughs) I'm just curious on the stats here. Yeah, Chase, I've actually started to do a bit better with jet knives now that I say, fuck it. I'm going in with these jet knives. I'm going to get a right-click kill. I'm going to pick up their rifle and fuck the knives. The knives exist to get me a rifle. That sounds a little painful, to be honest, Cass. (laughs) Don't knock it till you try it. (laughs) Uh, casting right well. or can
2: we go back to to Hunter's second agent? Yeah, I was gonna say agent? this
1: wasn't supposed to be uh, uh, roasting Yoru. This was supposed <laughs> to be
2: roasting new things. <laughs> oh, no, let's just hate on the old things instead.
0: <laughs> your your second agent here.
2: Yeah, So
1: so this agent is much less fully baked. I literally only have an ultimate for him. But I think this would be so wacky and cool. So this agent, uh, I think I kind of thought of him because I thought of the lumberjack first with his chainsaw. And what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of a chainsaw, guys? I'm curious if you're going to say what I'm thinking.
0: Ripping the cord.
1: (laughs) 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 Okay, that maybe wasn't the best way to ask that question. (laughs) That does make a lot of sense. Uh, What do you you think about people using a chainsaw on? Uh, Trees okay zombies. you guys just yes zombies thank you yeah there we my, go my next
2: one was ice sculptures <laughs> ice
1: sc- <laughs> chase you're you're too uh you're too pure you're you're too good for this world you can't imagine the future of a zombie apocalypse
2: yeah we we don't have any zombies in canada but we have a lot of ice and a lot of trees so you know <laughs> fair enough i understand
1: you're in Dystopian America, of we, we don't think about ice or trees. We only think about zombies and killing them with chainsaws. Uh, so the the next stage that I'm thinking of is a zombie. So my idea for uh, the zombie is that in his ult, uh, he cannot die permanently. However, here's how things work. Each time he takes fatal damage, he is down for like a specified amount of time, maybe it would be like three seconds the first time. And when he is brought, when when he comes back to life, then all damage he does is halved. His health is halved. And the time that he has to stay down next time he's put down is increased by 50%. So then the next time he dies, he has to stay down. It was three seconds the first time. Then he has to stay down for four and a half seconds. And then he gets up and does half the damage with all of his weapons or other abilities that he would otherwise. So, essentially, the more times you kill him, the the less potent he becomes. But he's going to keep hanging around, distracting and doing chip damage, and just being a general pain. uh, Because you can't ever fully kill him.
2: I like that. Is there, like, a total time limit? Yeah, is there, like, a total time limit on the alt? Or
1: no. I was thinking no, because the thing is, if you kill him three times, then his damage is being reduced by, if you stack that, 50 and then 75, and then uh, 25 divided by 2 is 12.5. So the third time you kill him, at that point, he is at, math is hard, negative 87% damage, roughly. So he's doing, like, no damage at that point. Okay. So the idea is that, no, there's no time whatsoever. He just becomes kind of irrelevant, except that the fact is that as the round's going on, people are tending to be lower health. So if he has to take a mag, you have to choose between do I take a second to put him in the ground again, or do I just risk the dam- the small amount of damage that he's going to provide as the round stretches on?
2: Okay, but how do you win? Like, he has to die eventually, right? Well, may-
1: maybe there would be a thing where... Maybe there would be... You know what? I just thought of a, a way to, to make that happen, which is that maybe, like... If you come up to him and, like, you know, interact with his body on the ground while he's in that, like, downed state as an enemy, then you can, like, kill him permanently. Uh, so that okay. essentially, uh, if, if he's the last player alive, you don't have to just wait till the timer runs out to win, uh, cause that would be kind of annoying.
2: Mm. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense. Especially, like, if, uh, I was thinking in a specific situation where, you know, if you're on attack and you've waited to the last second, you couldn't plant. So the only way you have to win is to kill everybody. Right, right. And this guy just pops his ult, you lose the round. I guess that makes sense. (laughs) Well, maybe it could also work that, like, if he's
1: downed when the timer ends, then that counts as him being dead. So if you kill him... And then he's in the down state. He's not actually dead. And then the match timer ends. Then, like, you you still win. That could be another way to balance that.
2: Yeah. I kind of like the interaction. Um, Yeah. And I think the interaction should take a couple of seconds. So that, Mm -hmm. like, it's not like you immediately hit him the first time and then you run up and he's dead. But, like, you have to be be vulnerable while you're doing it. You have to be worried about people
0: pushing in behind him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd be, like, the opposite of reviving your KO
1: yeah yeah exactly that's what i was thinking killing your ko (laughs) killing the zombie
2: yeah i think that's that's a really interesting idea and i like the fact that the zombie is more of just a nuisance and just around Mm -hmm. so if there is a way to like make that not super overpowered but just to have him you know around giving you chip damage like you said i think that would be Uh, a very interesting game mechanic So that, that's all I had for him
1: I haven't really thought much further about his other abilities I just think that ultimate would be really different and cool
0: yeah I was gonna say yeah the, basically the thing that I was considering is yeah when there's no no time left to plant spike right that was my big yeah. thing um with like how do yeah. you balance that um and then yeah I I think it's a good idea that like if the round timer ends when like he's downed that counts as him being downed
2: yeah Like he's Um, he's like dead for
0: that time. He's dead. It's just like after X amount of time he comes alive again. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's kind of all I gotta say about that. Yeah.
2: Or he counts as like not a member left on that team when he's dead. Yeah. So if you kill him and immediately the rest of the four players on the team,
0: then yeah, it's like when you're playing dodgeball, you can't you can't use your back before the la- like right after the last person gets out yeah you get that rough yeah. it took very... it took me a second yeah okay yeah yeah cool um alrighty chase you said your ideas were kind of similar to hunter but we haven't heard an idea from you yet so
2: okay so I had no idea what the format of this was going to be hunter kind of just said new agent abilities and mm-hmm. I didn't know what <laughs> Like, if it was just going to be like, oh, it'd be cool if this mechanic was in the game, or if we were designing
0: full characters. Oh, um, I did not design a full character. so I was just looking for mechanics. I decided
2: to go kind of on the full character route, and I thought I might be um, the only person to do that. Um, but then Hunter came in with his lumberjack, Bob the Builder. So I'm, now, now we have a theme. It, it's hmm. continuous like that. Um, so my full character that I'm introducing into the game of Valorant, um, his name is Kyle and is Ki- he white. Kyle is a white American teenager. Well, that's what I thought. Awesome. Um he is an initiator unlike um in his personal life. Okay. <laughs> Does he have a TikTok account? Uh I probably not. I'd say he probably okay. has like like a really edgy Facebook. Mm, mm, I see. Um Okay, so here's here's what I've got for for Kyle. So the the E ability is what I based the character off of and was trying to think of other abilities after that that would go with this character. Um, but the E ability I'm calling Monster Energy.
1: Oh, baby. I was hoping that's where you would go. And you said Kyle. I was like, he better drink Monster. Yeah, well, so I can't he-
2: believe you didn't name this character Brock.
1: <laughs> yes, we, we... Kyle is Kyle's more of a meme, so I like it. Yeah,
2: so that I was going for broad references rather than specific references to our friends, Cass. Yes, okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so monster energy is his E ability, and he's able to uh, shotgun a monster energy and then increase his movement speed for a short amount of time. So this is similar to hunter's first idea of the chainsaw but without any special chainsaw abilities this just literally increases your run speed so you can use it if you want to get onto site quickly if you want to rotate quickly um but you're still completely vulnerable during the time um you can stop at any time like it's not like a jet dash where you're dashing out of Mm -hmm. the way it's like you can still stop pressing stuff and you'll stop moving and shoot stuff like that um so it literally just increases your movement speed uh I thought that would be like a very interesting mechanic to to put into the game. What do you guys think of that as like a your standard probably on a timer for like forty seconds or something like that ability. i had
0: I had speed boost for fast rotate on my list, so I would say yes.
1: it's interesting that all three of us came up with a mechanic
0: that involved increasing speed yeah, um, also the there is a um there is a gun buddy that is literally an energy drink yes game.
2: yeah yeah i have that gun buddy
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i've yeah. got it on my i've got it on my polyfrox polyfrog specter Did <laughs> you combine fox
1: and frog <laughs> yeah, and yeah Polyfrox.
0: all the all the polys I did.
1: I knowing right i wouldn't polyfrog. be
0: surprised if they did that um
1: <laughs> just combined it
0: yeah <laughs> so say there, there already is a energy drink in the game that they could use
2: yeah yeah i, I like that yeah so, so i think it's incredible that sounds awesome um, I, I liked that, and I was just thinking of movement abilities, because obviously like, a lot of the best characters that we talk about have you know a teleport or a dash or something like that. Like, very, mm-hmm. So I was like, what other movement abilities could we put in the game that's not just rebranding something that's already there? Okay, so for the Q ability now, um, he's an initiator, so he has to have some sort of flash thing. And this one I'm calling the K-Hole. So the K hole operates like a Yoru flash. But instead of getting flashed if you see it, um concusses you. So it puts you in the hole. Mm. <laughs> Does he throw a bag of white powder at you? I mean it could <laughs> it could be like that. Yes. Um could but it's just like, you know, you, you got to see it. You it's it pops like a flash, maybe it sprays ketamine all over you or something okay. as a graphic. But um, that that's the uh, the initiator part of it, is that you can bounce it off a wall, off the ground, whatever. If you see it, it concusses you. And that mm-hmm. applies to your own teammates as well. Uh, okay. yeah. That sounds very cool. So, yeah, that was just kind of combining flashes and concussion. And then the C ability, I'm currently calling Cum Sock i'm sure riot would use that exact name
0: out of curiosity what is the age rating on Valorant? oh probably uh lower than the age rating on this podcast (laughs) yeah
2: i've marked all these podcasts as explicit
0: so don't worry about it no i'm just like i i'm just i feel like Valorant is probably pg 13 I don't. I don't think game ratings work the same way movie ratings do. Do you literally
1: not actually understand game ratings? Cast? No, not at all. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so it's it's E and then E ten plus and then T for teen and then M for mature. So this would be are those are game. That would be M. I I believe Valorant is is T for teen. I believe that would make sense to me. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I run into a decent amount of thirteen-year-olds playing this game.
1: Well though I th- I believe the I believe because they have swearing in some of the agent voice lines I'm pretty sure that separates it from E10+. Oh, like E10+ is like there's some violence there, some things that you know maybe a 5-year-old shouldn't emulate in his real life. Uh and then T is where there's some, you know, some real edgy yeah, content non-sprinkled in.
0: Yeah. Non-sacuter. There you are, you little shit. It's <laughs> yeah. the greatest voice line in the entire game. <laughs> it's yeah, pretty agreed. great. Agreed,
2: agreed. It's a great voice line. Yeah. Um, and I just like to clarify that I don't think Riot should actually put Kyle in the game. I think <laughs> that these abilities would be very interesting on a character, but Kyle exactly should not be in the game of Valorant.
1: <laughs> Got this just going Got out of the way. Okay. Well, well we
2: we, we heard the thing. name. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Okay, so the cum sock um <laughs> is one of my favorite abilities. Um, basically, it is a balled up sock that you are able to throw, kind of like a. Uh, K.O. Grenade. Okay. Um, But, much like a shock dart, it pops upon hitting, uh, like, something. (laughs) Okay? It does 50 damage, and it makes an audio cue if somebody is there. So not only does it do a damage, but it's also an information ability. So... Unlike How much a...
0: mental damage
2: does it do? <laughs> a lot, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> Imagine dying to a kumsak. Yeah, we were having a discussion of what's the worst ability to die to, and I think the kumsak might take the cake. Okay, well, I have a very important question, Chase.
1: Before you throw this ability, do you have to, you know, charge it up? <laughs> before you <laughs> before you let loose? Uh, you have to prep it. <laughs> of course, of course. Got it's gotta be uh, fully
0: potent for before it does the full damage. I'm I assuming like. I'm assuming the audio cue would be the other team's agent being disgusted in some manner.
2: That's what I was going through my head. Yes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hey, was... What if you could throw it without charging it? Uh, and it just does like one damage and the end, of course, the information that, you know, someone is there, but then if you fully charge it, then it does the full 50 damage. What do you think about that?
2: I like that. I I was thinking, um, like the point of this ability, would basically be like a shock dart that does less damage. Um, Mm -hmm. but also tells you if you hit somebody, because the thing about like a shock dart is that you can throw it into a corner, but someone can tank that and you don't know if it's clear. Unless yeah. you have you use both of them, but this one you can use one. Throw it into a corner, and you'll know if it hits somebody or not.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I- I'm also just picturing in my head any agent just saying, "What the fuck!" Yeah. when they get hit by it, <laughs> so, like the enemy team's Reina, like hiding in that corner, just goes, "What the fuck!" <laughs> and then you swing them.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it's like an audible voice line at
2: the end. Yeah. yeah, 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 here. like an
0: audible voice line. <laughs>
2: That's what I was thinking of, like, the audio cue. is like an actual voice line from the agent. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, goodness. The, the, I love it, Jace. Uh, that's the single best ability any of us have suggested tonight.
2: Okay, and then, finally, we have the ultimate, uh, which right now I'm just calling Fuck It, which I thought would be okay. just Kyle's mind state in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you use Fuck It, it pulls out a random gun that's not a pistol. Just a random gun. It could be a stinger and it could be an Op. Hmm. could be a Marshall. It could be an Ares. Some, something like that. So it's kind of an eco-alt um, mm-hmm. where you don't know what you're going to get every round, but you could get something really good. I see, so it's like, I, see. I don't know what I'm going to buy this round. Fuck it. I'll pop my ult.
1: <laughs> or like, I don't have
2: any money, fuck it, let's go
1: <laughs> That's great
2: And you pull out a random gun from the game Which I thought would just be a very interesting Thing for an ultimate I was didn't know how much How to uh, put that into The theme of the character as much But I like it I like it a lot
1: Now, I I did come up with one idea that I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this as a a buff for that even more. Because my immediate thought with that is that that can be really good on an eco, but how useful would that be when you have a full buy? So you know the guy's name is Kyle and he drinks Monster Energy, right? Yeah. So what if, in addition to pulling out the random gun, you can also equip... uh, I'm not sure what button you would press for it. But while your ult is active, you can also equip a skateboard to, like, zoom around even faster than even with your E. And you can't shoot while you're using it. Or maybe you can, and you're just going to be inaccurate. But you have that additional <laughs> movement ability as
2: well. Yeah, that that's interesting. I was thinking, like, it it is an eco-ult, but it could also have just a very fast equip time. So... I see. Say you're in a gunfight, and you have like you're, you're running like out of bullets this. instead of like reloading this. instead of having to like stop and reload you can just pop your old you immediately like instantly get a new gun of some kind
0: i like it could fuck you over could be the perfect gun for this situation exactly yeah i i like that um Okay, so you like guys it a lot, went. Too. You guys went pretty far and actually fleshed out ideas for these new agents. <laughs> I abilities. really want to
1: play Kyle. Please, um, <laughs> I, I just kind of add Kyle to the game.
0: I just kind of chucked down some ideas on this word doc. Uh, I didn't flesh anything out anywhere near to the extent that you guys did, but similar to the way that we just talked about for uh for Kyle hitting his his fuck it button, um, and in a in a gunfight where he's running out of ammo, just pulls out a random gun. I want. A character to have a throwing knife, or a boomerang, or a fucking shuriken. I don't. I don't know. You, you get the point. Um, I
1: would say there's a good want... bit of difference in how a boomerang and a shuriken would work. I'd like you to yeah, specify which okay. one you're looking. <laughs> for.
0: I'm just saying. I think that like I, I want a character that like you know when you're in when you're in a tight gunfight and you're running mm. out of ammo. I want a panic button, right? And I'm saying it should probably be like a Q that you buy, but I want something that like. As soon as you hit that Q button, you chuck something at them, and it does damage. So, like, I'm running out of bullets. So, 1v1. I got four bullets. I don't want to reload, because uh, that might give out the audio cue. And then I get into the gunfight, and let's say I hit three out of the four bullets. But, like, I didn't get any headshots. So, they're not dead yet. I want somebody who's got, like, a Q that I can just tap, and then bang... I chuck something at him, and that something that I chuck does damage. And so I like the idea of a like a proper throwing knife um, that deals a solid chunk of damage that uh, you could purchase. And then as soon as you hit Q, it's an immediate deploy. Um, I'd say it, this would have to have a certain arc to it. It wouldn't be like a jet knife where it goes pew in like a straight line. So it'd be maybe um, like a snowball. Yeah. Yeah. I can so, see that.
1: So I'm imagining this thing would actually like a raised rocket, be a physical object with a travel time as opposed to yes, hitscan yes, like It would, like not, be hit-scan. It, it
0: would okay. not be hit. It would not be hit scan. Um, but I'm saying I want, uh, like I, I, I want a character to have something and it would probably have to be on a duelist. Um, um, but just, just something that you can use as a panic button of like, oh shit, I'm out of ammo. There's someone in my face. Let me just throw this at him.
2: Um, I, I like the idea. I, I don't think it should be able to do, like, killing damage. I'm not saying 150. Like, I'm, I'm saying, saying even do... no shields, it shouldn't do killing damage.
0: I'm not saying it should do 100 either. I'm saying maybe it should do, like, Ninety, like yeah, I could see now. What if better than Sova Shock? Well, okay. Here, here's the big thing, right? Um, like I guess it has the advantage in being an immediate deploy uh, over like a Sova Shock Dart. Um, but yeah, I guess now, okay. I think it could do Sova Shock Dart damage because so like 90. the big thing is I'm saying this doesn't get AOE. Right, it um, has to hit them. It, it, it yeah, has to yeah. hit them. But if it hits them, I think it should do a sizable chunk of damage and should be a, um, you know, I would be fucked otherwise. But hey, I'm gonna throw this at you. And if I hit you, I might get the kill.
1: What if it works like this? What if it, uh, first of all, is fully accurate while, you know, moving and jumping and accuracy, meaning it goes where you throw it, but it still has the travel time. It's just that it's not going to veer off somewhere different uh, based on your, it's not going to have any deviation, Uh, but it's like, it's a boomerang. So if you get a hit with it, then it comes back to you after, of course, a certain amount of time. So like, maybe it does like 50 damage. But if you get a hit with it, because it's going to be fairly hard to get a hit with a with a a, uh, a weapon at range that way. And then if you're using it up close, like there's still travel time and it takes a while. It, it's going to take some time for it to get back to you. So you can't spam it, even if you do, uh, you know, get a hit at close range. What do you guys think of that?
2: Could be done. I feel like the biggest use for it is like, okay, you've hit someone a couple times in a gunfight. You're both whiffing a bunch of shots. You're going to have to reload. You throw that thing out. And at that point, I don't think that it should kill them um, unless yeah. you've hit them a couple times already. Like, if you. Oh, yeah. So, uh, like, maybe you've legged them a couple times and they have, like, 50 health left. Then, yeah. yes, then it kills them. But it, sh- it shouldn't do, like, 100 damage where it might kill someone who's pretty much full health.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think that one thing that could help with that is you have the combination of, on the one hand, like Chase is saying, not wanting it to be able to come close to one-shotting people, and then on the other hand, like, aiming it is going to be a challenge. So what if it does 50 damage flat, no matter whether it hit, regardless of if it hits head, chest, or legs? Like, it does 50 damage regardless of where it hits.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking for whatever damage it was, is that it should be flat, like, no difference between yeah. head and legs. Yeah,
0: I was just saying, like, if you get hit by a Sova shock dart, doesn't matter if he hits you in the pinky toe or fucking your forehead. Like, you take that 90 damage. Which, by the way, I think Chase and I labbed this out the other day. Did you know Sofa Shock Dart did 90?
2: We both thought 90? it did 80. You
0: thought, thought, thought it did 80 as well. Yeah, it's, not, it's 90. Uh, if you, if you're but dead it falls center, off from the center, right? It oh, falls yeah, off yeah, quickly. It falls off yeah. quickly. But if you're dead center, Sofa Shock Dart does 90.
1: Really? That's a surprise. I, I would not have guessed that.
2: It was only because in-game I got hit dead-on by one, and it did 90 damage. I had, like, 10 HP left, and I was like, what the fuck? I thought those did 80, but no, they do mm-hmm. 90. I'm sure everybody else that plays this game knows that. And like, what are we thinking of? Did it used to do 80? Did it get a buff? Like, what's...
1: I I, f- I feel like people just don't very often get hit dead-center with it, yeah. because you hear it coming and you move a little bit. Or, you know, the Sova just is not pinpoint accurate.
0: Really. Yeah, but half the time I move into it, it goes, ping! 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 Ping!
1: <laughs> the most embarrassing round losses I've ever had are the ones where I'm defusing the bomb, and the SOVA just did the straight up double bounce, and I get killed by the, the fucking
2: double bounce on the
1: spike. Oh, Chase yeah,
0: also was. labbed out how to get that that vertical one to like both Yeah, we land we, at we like labbed out time. how to
2: do the uh, double shock dart for the vertical post plant, so I can okay. I can now I now know the timings of how to d- make both land at the same time. That's cool. Yeah. So okay. I assume you do so, like
1: one double bounce and one single bounce?
2: Yes. But with some additional sauce in there. I'm sure it's not uh, easy. Both full charge. I just need to know what the timing in between right. shooting them off is. Yeah.
0: Okay, so the next idea I had here, uh, and this one's an alt, right? Um, Whatever this character is should pull out. Basically, you would enter a berserker mode. Where okay. you get better movement speed, a fuck ton yeah. of overshield health, um, and you pull out a better melee. You can't shoot while in Berserker mode, but you have a melee with a better range, slightly, and a fuck ton of health to just run people down with.
2: So they'd have to run away. Wait, do you have increased movement speed, you said? Yes, you have increased movement speed. Okay, I don't love that, because it seems like you just get the kill no matter what, then they can't run away from you. Well, the melee doesn't do more
0: damage. Well... Like, you just don't have to get behind them. Well, if they're trying to run away from
2: you, you are behind them.
0: If they try to run away, yes, okay. But, um... Yeah, okay, I think in, like, a... Potentially, in a 1v1 scenario, it might be really strong, but, like, yeah, in a 1vx, I feel like, probably get, you know... Like how much damage does a, does a downed KO get?
2: Oh, yeah, it does quite a bit, but I feel like that could be a good amount of damage to have to do. I'm pretty sure a downed KO has to take 800 damage to
0: die. Okay. Because you an could... individual shooting a downed KO takes a while. But you get two people, maybe even three people to just fucking light him up, uh, he goes down pretty quick. Right.
1: Now, I I feel like, personally, that you would have to nerf, from what your idea, either the movement speed... I don't think you could have increased movement speed and increased health, because it would be too broken in a 1v1. Because as I'm Mm. picturing it, assuming the two people are in the same area, you know, you can... Unless you have a Phantom or a Vandal, if you, you know, mag dump someone and then have to reload and the other person has, like, greater than knife out speed, then there's, like, you have literally no chance of countering that. Like, there is no way you win that fight. So that, so I feel like maybe there needs to be either not quite as tanky as you're
0: saying or slower speed, but I'm not sure. I think there's, I mean, there's several alts that are somewhat oppressive in a 1v1. Yeah, but there's always
1: counterplay to them, and I, my point is I don't think there really is counterplay to that scenario.
0: Other than head-tapping them with an entire clip of Vandal bullets. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, but they'd have to be pretty close to you when they pop it to be able to chase you down, right? Well, no, not if
2: you have increased movement speed, because then you're and going to find increased health, them. yeah.
0: I'm not saying you get a fuck-ton of increased movement speed. I'm just saying you get a little bit, so if you guys are both running knife... Like, I'm saying, if you guys are both running like, knife out, and I guess this character would have to have knife out, like, in his berserker mode. Right, right, yeah. Um, I don't think they should just be able to outright just run away from you. Like, I think you should be able to catch them. Otherwise, what's the point?
2: The point is that now you're making space. And they had to have their knife out to get away from you. So you run at knife out speed. They have to get rid of their... Like, they have to take their knife out, not have a gun out and run away, Mm -hmm. which is very, very impactful. Okay,
0: okay. No, you you raise a good point.
1: Yeah, and that's, in fact, Chase mentioning that, uh, I have lots of experience with that because uh, I believe that Yoru's ult actually moves at knife-out speed. So what I often do is place my TP somewhere, pop into my ult, and then if... And then often, if I get close enough to someone, they'll pull out their knife and try to chase my ult so that when I pop out of it, they can kill me right away. But I can use that to lead them away from the rest of my team, uh, or just lead them away from where I'm going if it's a one v one, and then go back to my orb and I'm and I'm chill. So like this, obviously, you're doing damage instead, but it's a, it's a similar concept of how.
0: Well, if someone if someone has their knife out when you pop out of your result, couldn't you just like assuming you bought a shorty, just as soon as you see them pull their knife out, couldn't you just pop out and shorty them in the face?
1: Well, the the issue is that the once you pop out of your ult... I haven't actually done a test of the time, but the amount of time it takes you to pop out of your ult and equip your gun is pretty much the same as someone swapping from their knife to their gun.
2: So the issue
1: is it's basically even
2: at that point. And they don't necessarily have to chase you with knife out, because if if you can lead them away and they could still have their gun out, they know what direction that you just ran in. So depending on where you are... They can, yeah. even without knife out, they can still know where you're going to. I was end. saying,
0: that, like, I. Well, the, I key, know... the key thing
1: is you always want to, you know, you always want to exit your ult as Yoru in a place where you have cover relative to someone who has seen you. So, yeah, but, right. You, uh, you can counter that as.
0: Um, I was just saying, like, I when Alex was playing Yoru in one of our unrated games, uh, just because we were fucking around, um, people would, like, yeah, pull out their knife and, like,. It, I was, like, despectating him because I had died, and the amount of kills he got in Yoru's alt because someone would either pull their knife out to face him, or decide that when Yoru's in his ult was a good time to reload, Yeah, <laughs> he'd just immediately pop out and kill them. Like, like obviously the reload is kind of, a uh, you know, a, a bigger thing at hand. Um, but, like, he killed multiple people who pulled out their knife to go chase him, and then as soon as he saw them pull their knife out, he just popped out and shorted him in the face.
1: Well, okay, so the advantage that you have with the using the shorty with Yoru is kind of twofold, because on the one hand the shorty has a much quicker equip time than a phantom or a vandal. So even if we're assuming what I don't entirely know, which is that exiting Yoru's ult gives you the same equip time as someone switching from their knife, pulling out a shorty is a lot faster than pulling out a Vandal. So there's that and then there's also the fact that you can also keep moving as you're popping out of the Yoru Ult. So even if the person pulls out their gun at the same time as you mm-hmm. because of the fact that you are moving with a shorty at close range you absolutely have an advantage over a phantom or a vandal right at that point
2: Yeah, I think it's it's stupid how many people reload while yours is an assault and just Yeah. Say, um...
0: Yeah. Okay, um anybody have any more agent abilities to uh to throw into the fold here?
2: No, I mean I was going to say that we're we could just talk about this
0: this episode.
1: Yeah, this, I feel like we've covered a lot of a lot of good stuff.
0: Well, okay, at least there's there's one more topic I I want to get to because it ties in with my trophy system idea.
2: Okay. Cool. Yeah, great.
0: Right. And I want to talk about post-plant meta and like lineups in general. Okay, but, this
2: was another thing we were supposed to get to last episode that yeah. we didn't have
0: time for. Um, yeah. And, like, that is why I came up with the idea of the trophy system. Because I was crunching some numbers the other day, and um, you have 45 seconds from when the spike is planted. Now, if the other team has a Killjoy, a Brimstone, and a Viper between their Mollies. You have a grand total of three seconds to work with, in which there is not a Molly on that spike, which is not long enough to diffuse. Well, no, no, three seconds plus diffuse time. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so you get three seconds plus the amount of time it takes you to diffuse. Um, but that, in my mind, is fucking ridiculous. Right. Um, and Hunter and I played a game in which uh, it was just the two of us killing. And the other three people on our team were a, a Killjoy, a Brim, and a Viper. And they were three them, stack, yeah. Yeah, they were yeah. three stacking, and all of them knew lineups. So as soon as we got spiked down on attack, the other team was fucked. And I know that's not currently very popular in the pro meta, but. I like. I think that that in general, that is way too strong currently.
2: And I mean, at our rank, we ne- don't necessarily have the tools to deal with that as much as they would in the pro meta to like counter strat right. it. Like, they yeah. probably have specific strats where you can go and you know where they're holding. I mean, we're we're silver players. We don't know where the fuck they're holding. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's like the most obvious. Viper lineups, but if you have yeah. a killjoy, a Brim, and a Viper, those are three different spots where they have to have those lineups from
1: mm-hmm. um, I think the counterpoint to that though is that at our Elo, which is silver for those who are just tuning in for the first time, um you also have a lot less people who know lineups like i I don't think the majority of the games where I faced a Viper has the viper uh actually had lineups.
0: Well the reason that's why I, true, like yeah. the, the reason why this kind of came up is because I did play against a Viper who knew lineups like the other day. Hmm. And between both her mollies, that's sixteen seconds that I can't be on the spike out of a forty five second timer. Which is roughly thirty to thirty five percent of the time. Right.
2: Like, so okay, say you have all three of these agents with mollies. Yes. Like all you have to do is hold the site for four seconds. Yes. While you're getting well, like after you get the plant down.
0: Okay, but like you, you need to hold them from pushing you off your lineup too, right? No, of course. That's what I'm saying. You um, need to
2: hold sight for four seconds before they can start trying to defuse. Yeah. And then and get the it. mollies down and that that's it. Right. As long as you can. Well I'm
0: saying, but like you need you need to hold wherever you're you're trying to get your lineup from. And you have to keep your theory, three people alive. Yeah. In theory the other team could push in, right? And keep you distract you from being able to get your lineup off. Right. Uh, depending on how finicky it is to line up. Um, but I think the big problem with that is, number one, because we're silver players, I don't necessarily know where they're throwing this from. And number two, uh, as I was talking with Hunter the other day, uh, you still need to clear sight. I can't just assume that they're playing for lineups. Like, I still need to make sure that they're not on site somewhere or that they're not going to peek me from from some angle. Like, you still need to go through all the steps to clear out all those angles. And then by the time all that's said and done, like, you just don't have time anymore.
2: Okay, so here's another counterpoint to this being OP, is that Brim, Viper, Killjoy is not necessarily part of a meta comp.
1: That is very true.
2: So having those three agents on your team, you're basically only going to have all three of those together if you want to do this. Mm -hmm. Like this post-plant meta. And then you're going to be worse at all the other parts of the game. Like taking sight in the first place. Or what about when you're on defense? Right? I guess like all three of those are defensive characters. Yeah. Um, Like
0: you've got very good defensive characters there.
2: Right. But you're not a very balanced team otherwise. Like there are a lot... More balanced teams, which I think is why the pro scene has gone away from these post plant metas after like the viper, like Molly, length
0: nerf and stuff like that. It's okay. it's eight seconds. Like her Molly lasts eight seconds, and she gets two of them.
1: Yeah, I I also just dis- I me and Cass have discussed this off podcast, and I disagree with him that it's a problem. And here's why. First of all, I think that Killjoy should be sort of taken out of the conversation because her mollies are destructible. And if you are actually, you know, maybe the first time you're playing a Killjoy, maybe you haven't played one in a while, she really gets you good with her post-planned mollies. But, like, if you know your Killjoy is playing with post-planned mollies, then you can listen for them and you can shoot them. Or she triggers them too early and and then you know she doesn't get the full value out of them, but I'm or she like
0: throws, throws, them. throws them. She throws them. Like yeah, but there's, like a, there's a short. The thing is, a, yeah, yeah, The thing is, you can't right. detonate killjoy delay.
1: Yeah, there's a short delay, and the thing it, is, but... okay. So there, right? So with a killjoy, with a killjoy molly, you hear it land, and yes. then there's a short delay where you can shoot it before it starts doing
0: damage. Yeah, you know what I can't do while I'm trying to shoot that molly.
1: Well, you can't defuse the spike, obviously. Exactly. I know but that's But if you shoot saying, the
2: Molly, the... you have, like, another five seconds where you can defuse the spike after that.
0: Well, Killjoy's Molly's, I believe, only last four seconds. Um, but, yeah, like, so her, my... her pulling you off spike to keep you from defusing so you can't get it to half or anything is already huge. Um, and then even then you're assuming people at our ELO can reliably react to where that Molly's landing and then shoot it.
2: You're assuming people at our ELO know lineups for Killjoy mollys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So I feel like yeah, that's I, a I fair assumption you, on both ends. Yeah.
1: yeah. I can't tell you the last time I've played a Killjoy who had Molly lineups, because since what you're saying is kind of true that a lot of times when I play Killjoy, people don't shoot both of my mollys. that. Basically, it isn't worth it to me to take myself out of the fight for taking sight, so that I can be in a position to throw Molly uh, Nano lineups uh, when I can just plonk, plunk them on the spike and get at least some delay there. And that brings me to my to my point of why I think it can be frustrating to play against a team with a post plant uh, with a post plant scenario, but it's really not that big of a deal. And the reason is that. Uh, Basically all of the post plant Molly setups have almost all of them either have you in a position that would be found by someone who's flanking during the retake or are so far removed from the site that you have to completely take yourself out of the the fight for the site initially. So there are a couple Molly lineups Cass and I discussed before where you can be in essentially in spawn while you throw the Molly lineup. But at that point, you're, basically making your team play man down as they're taking the site to, no, to be able to be that far no, what back. What the
0: thing is you don't, you don't stay in spawn the entire round. You push up with your team. You help your team take site. It's just once spike is down, you can fall off. Well, it's sure. But then spike the down, then you can fall off. You're putting yourself in your harm's way. Is. Like
2: what, what well, if but, you die, but then
1: yeah. If, if the other team has a halfway decent, like flank, Uh, then they'll at least hear you going back to spawn or even better, kill you there. And the thing is, because you need the rest of your team to push the site, like, for example, if you do, even the two you mentioned, if you have Brim and Viper both playing for post-plant lineups, then what that means is, like, either one of them on their own isn't, Effective enough to do, to get it down to that scenario you mentioned, where you only have three seconds to get on that spike, and that actually no, was including three, Killjoy three, as well.
0: Three seconds is the most extreme, that right? I that's the watch. most extre- extreme.
1: So, like one person with lineups uh, isn't necessarily that oppressive. So, if you're using both of them in 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 that case, Brim and Viper to do your lineups, both of them have to to be effective retreat from the push to get back in position for their lineups, assuming they have these disgusting from spawn lineups. And then at that point, if you have a halfway decent flank, then you're going to, you're going to find them at some point in that. And since the thing is, if you, if, if you as a team are playing for those post plant lineups, then you can't really have someone watching flank because you need everyone else on your team to push the site and to be really aggressive in taking that site. Right. Which so in your I scenario, feel that the, two people, What'd you say? Yeah, well, in, in
2: Casas scenario, it it takes like you you're leaving two people to fully take the site and plant. While you exactly, have yeah. No, no, you back. guys missing
0: the whole point. You, you well, can no, no, okay, okay, okay. I think I see. Right, I see what right, I you see. A five I man see what... push to, just to get Spike down, and then after that, anybody who's got post plant shit can back off.
2: But they can get it to halfway while you're getting to your lineup. Well, and,
1: and even if despite that, if you're five man pushing or however man, man, man pushing you are, then you have no one watching flank. So the flank can creep up and either gain information that, oh, people are backing off and then kill them, or they can, you know, just straight up kill you when you're getting back. Because the thing is, if you're saying like you're giving up some amount of map control when you're taking site and then having to regain that, then if the defense is halfway decent, they'll be able to, you know, capitalize on the fact that you have this fluctuating map control going on.
0: Well, in this scenario in which you have all three of those aforementioned characters, right? Yeah. You can probably keep your Killjoy to just watch Flank. Like, your Killjoy can probably just watch Flank. Your your Brimstone and your Viper can help you get onto site. And with that many smokes and, like, just just uh, LOS denial, like, you, you might have to clear out one or two people. Uh, but, like, it shouldn't be that hard to get bombed down with that many smokes. Like, it, working with you.
2: Okay. Also, if we're saying that at our ELO, Silver, mm-hmm. people are too bad to run this setup. And at the pro level, people are too good to run this setup. Is there a magic, like, ELO where this is an issue? And have you seen that? Because, oh, like, is, not, is it I'm like, oh, saying... in Platinum, this is
0: a huge problem? No, I I don't <laughs> think... I don't think that people in our ELA are too bad to run it. It's just like, like I, and yes, I have played in a variety of games in which like, there's a Viper that knows the post plant lineup. Right. Yeah. But, but like you said, I, I have not seen a ton of killjoys who know it. I have not seen very many brims at all, but nonetheless, even just them having a Viper on their team that knows the lineups is like, like, yes, I understand what you're saying. When, when you know that someone's playing for this, right? It, you know that your your time to defuse spike is a lot less and you got to get in there. You got to tap spike as early as possible. And, like, it's something that people in our ELO will do when we see that there is, like, either a Sova or a Brim with their ult. It's like, hey, we got to we gotta tap spike as soon as possible. We have yeah. to make them think that we're going for the defuse um, to, to force their ult out so that later on we can get the defuse. Um, but typically that's something that like you see with either a brim alt or a sova alt. Whereas with viper, that is a constant. That is literally every single round. And I think that the amount of pressure that that puts on you to retake sight much faster is is really really strong. Even with just a viper on the other team.
2: Okay. So... Well,
1: here, I want to go back to your example, Cass. So you said, okay, you have a Brim, a Viper, and a Killjoy. I was kind of thinking take Killjoy out of it, but then you were saying add her back in to watch flanks. So let's, let's take, for example, I believe we mentioned there's a lineup from Attackers' Spawn on Haven to A. I think that was the example we used when we were talking about this earlier, Cass. Um, Maybe not.
0: It doesn't like really matter that, the yeah. map. I know. Yeah. I, I know there's one from just outside lobby on long to default on a for Haven. Okay. Yeah. So that, suppose that I know is one. I don't think. I don't think you can go from like spawn to any bomb site on Haven.
1: Okay. There was some map we were talking about spawn, but let's just let's just use Haven as the example. So you use use all five. You use four people to take site while Killjoy watches flank. Mm-hmm. If 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 the defending team is used to the idea that you tend to commit hard to a site, then what they're going to do is they're probably going to have someone push out mid or push out C and uh, try to gain position aggressively to choke off map control. So the minute someone uh, sees Killjoy's flank-watching utility, uh, whether that's an Alarm Bot or a turret, all they have to do is break that Alarm Bot or turret and then play passively, seeing if they rotate out, And then they've already denied the the ability for people to do their post plants because you can't then, if you know someone's on flank, even if they don't take the fight, then you can't just come back, uh, come back to outside of a lobby, Molly in hand pointing at the sky, ready to go ahead and uh, do your, do your Molly lineup because you could get swung at any time. And that's what I think even at RELO people often do. They say, Hey, I'm on flank. Here I am deal with me. So I, I feel like the solutions to the problem you're mentioning Are there? It's just that since since post-plant lineups aren't that common in silver, when people run them, the other team is so not used to dealing with multiple post-plant lineups that they don't counter it well. But that doesn't mean there aren't good solutions readily available. It's just that it's kind of a surprise, and it ends up feeling oppressive. That's kind of my conclusion on all this.
2: Yeah, so maybe it happens for a round, and then you're like, oh, they run the post-plant lineup, let's adjust our playstyle so that we get around the flank and stop them from playing that.
0: Maybe. Uh, Like, okay, I I don't play Viper, I don't play Killjoy, I don't play Brimstone. I have literally no interest in playing any of those characters. It's it's not my playstyle. But, like, Hunter, you you play Viper specifically on Breeds. Exactly, yeah. And I know a total of zero lineups, just to be very clear. I I genuinely believe that if you learned lineups, like for Breeds specifically, the number of rounds that we would win just because the other team is busy looking for you or not ready to deal with the fact that you've got these uh, these lineups would would actually be very significant. Maybe because I oftentimes, have... and like just from me like playing games with you, you are often last alive. This is true when when we're playing on on breeze. Yep, and like I tend to play just... pretty
1: passively as Viper on Breeze because I want right. to stay alive just... for my smokes.
0: Yeah, if you could just fall back and deny sixteen seconds of bomb of uh, bomb defusal, like that—that that is massive.
1: It is, but there is there is still a trade off there because I tend to get a lot of kills late in a round by playing off of my utility. I like to creep along my wall to get to positions that the enemy isn't expecting when the wall drops. I like to, you know, play with my team to figure out when the best time is to raise and lower the wall and get to positions where I can at least get info, even if uh, I'm not the one taking the fights. So I might, you know, I might trade this scenario. I might, you know, trade some of that for uh, the ability to have those good post plant lineups, but then, you know I'm, what I'm giving up is significant there. Uh, if the other team does retake the site quickly, and then my 16 seconds aren't enough, now I've turned around that I could have won if I would have gotten a kill or two, into a round where you know I've kind of punted on the round because the other team retook the site too quickly. So I don't, I'm not really sure that we would win that many more rounds. Although I would like to learn some of viper mollies because of course there are situations where you see the site hold is going well. Uh, that it would be good to back up and do them. I just don't think the uh, the like
0: e- even then. Like I-, I don't think that necessarily the site hold would like even be on you in that scenario, right? Because like you're you're single handedly denying 16 seconds of bomb defusal. Like that that's the lion's share of what we need. Like the rest of us on the team should be able to contribute some of that. And granted, probably one to two are going to die while we're taking site, right? Yeah. Like, there's a decent chance somebody dies on entry, right? Um, so obviously that person wouldn't be counting towards the total um, diffuse denial time. But, like, I, I don't know. I'm like, even like, even just myself, like, the amount of times that, like, I have found myself in, like, a 1v1, and after I died... Just ended up thinking like ah like why why the fuck did i take that fight like uh, like after they got the defuse there was like a second and a half left like i should have just played for time like i shouldn't have taken that fight like i should have just backed off and just like jiggle peek the angle make sure that they couldn't hold spike um and like it, I, I like i i think that you with your mollies alone taking 16 seconds off the amount of time that they have to defuse, like the rest of the people on the team can deal with the rest of it.
2: Okay. Key key words that were said there is in a one V one, because those are the scenarios where, yes, you're right. That if a Viper has lineups that in a one V one, they will win more rounds, but that is only when there's one person left on their team. And how many rounds is that? Like that's a couple rounds per game. But that's not every single round. A lot of times, if your entire team dies taking sight, or, like, you get bombed down, your entire team dies, what, it's like a 3v1? Like, the two people that aren't on defuse are just going to push you as a lineup. uh, If you're playing for lineups. Uh Yeah,
1: and besides that, you can also sacrifice one person to get the spike to half. Like, even if you don't have someone who's full health, you can have one person who has, like, 75 health or something like that, you know, get the spike to half even if they die, and then you you probably get the defuse anyway.
2: Yeah, so that that's very, like, circumstantial where this is uh, well, no, the, a problem there... in, in your eyes is that th- it's really a problem no. in 1v1s, which don't happen super, super often.
0: Okay, I, I think you're harking too much on that. The reason why I brought up the 1v1 is because that's oftentimes the situation that... I find myself in trying to keep someone. This was
2: something people. I was going to bring up before you even okay. said one v one. You're okay. just more proving my point by the example that you gave.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, now that being said, I don't know if you can just sacrifice someone to get it to half. Can you? Assuming you've got 150 health, can you stand in a brim molly long enough to get that thing to half? I mean, viper for sure. Yeah, plus Viper, for oil sure. Oil. I'm not
1: sure about Brim, well, I'm, but the I'm thing saying is... With, with...
0: with Viper specifically, there's usually her Poison Orb down there, too. Like, you usually have to deal with the decay from the Poison Orb, plus her Molly, plus the vulnerability doesn't give you any more tick damage from the Molly, does it?
1: Uh, no. It, it, yeah, no like it's, it's just so that decay. it does, but then the Molly does less damage does because less they're damage always happening happen at the same time. Yeah, it okay, okay. Do
0: um, So what I'm saying, the, the, the decay from Poison Orb plus the, the damage from the Molly is oftentimes happening at the same time no no like i can't say for sure because oftentimes like if she's run out of her poison gas or whatever that orb won't be up um but like i i have definitely tried to sacrifice myself to half spikes before and been unable to half it
2: i mean in and also in killjoys you can get it to half
1: yeah Okay. But, like, there's another there's another thing, too, which is that if you look at Breeze, where I play Viper most often, suppose the very common scenario where I wall to get us onto site, and then I uh, plant, my, plant the spike uh, that's planted for caves. So, like, on the cave side of right titty. Um, basically, I sometimes honestly forget to put my orb on the bomb, which is just because I honestly haven't been playing Viper on Breeze for super long yet. Uh, I'm still evolving in my play style, but that is definitely a good idea to do. Um, if I play in caves, like, close, rather than playing for a lineup, then, uh, especially in a 1v1 scenario, but even in, like, a 1v2, then I still have the ability to, uh, you know, force the team into, the other team into a difficult scenario, where with my orb there, with a molly or with my gun, they're very, I can kill them very quickly if they're on the spike, and they have to choose between pushing me and diffusing, and if they do push me, they have to decide between sending two people. At which point I can just kind of run away and stall for time, or having one person on the spike. At which point I have a winnable one v one with the other person. So basically, there's there's still something to be said for the the benefit of me actually being there versus counting on the fact that I can kill them both with my post plant mollies, where I post plant lineups where I don't really know what's happening on site. So I guess I guess the long and the short of it is i I should line I should learn, learn post plant Mollies on breeze I just don't think it's going to have as dramatic of an
2: effect as you're claiming it will that's yeah, sort of the right. TldR I of think my that yes they're here. they're a very effective tool um, yeah but in the same way that like double shocked art lineups for sova are right it's not game breaking but it's yeah, an right. effective tool if they know how to use
0: it and they can use it circumstantially to help them win around basically the long and the short of what I'm getting at is viper should have one fucking molly, not two.
1: <laughs> Interesting.
0: Um. But yeah, like I, I like I, I guess we're just gonna have to uh, uh, agree to disagree on this. I think that that is way too strong and should not have a place in a tactical shooter. Um. <laughs> but that. Yeah, you're gonna bring again. up the Project A tweet again, aren't you? Uh, I wish I knew what tweet you were talking about here.
1: It's, it's the famous tweet that's become a copypasta in, in project a, you don't kill with abilities. You use your abilities to set up uh gunplay opportunities. Oh yeah.
0: So, and then people will have a raise montage. Yes. yes right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I do because Valorant
1: was called project a before
2: they. Yeah. Yeah. Him. Okay.
0: Okay. I, I just yeah. didn't know. I just didn't know that. Um,
2: yeah. But yeah. Um, well, I think we all need to finish our drinks, calm down a little bit and, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Say see you later yeah. till next week. I, I agree. We
1: people we can let the the audience decide who they agree with, uh, Cass or everyone or, else, or the
0: people that are right. <laughs> <laughs> sure, dude. I I gotta bring Alex onto this podcast with us, so like I've just got someone in my corner. Got feels yeah, like I'm I'm fighting out of one v two.
1: Yeah, just, and just to be clear, when you do that, you're bringing on two people who play hyper aggressive duelists who just love taking fights above anything else. So there's definitely a little bit of a, a little bit of a bias there, but. On that note, we will be having guests on the podcast soon. Maybe not next week, but very soon. So get hyped for that.
0: Yeah. We'll right, get everyone here. Thank you guys for here. tuning in. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been Drunk Valorant, episode four. Good night, New York.